What's up, everybody? Episode 19 of the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast, where every day we learn how not to be a youth pastor. Kyle and Derek, your two favorite youth pastors, back with you for another episode. And we are so excited to be talking about carrying the burden today. Are you ready, Derek? I guess I have to be, don't I? <laughs> Ready or not, here, here this I come. here this episode comes. Yep, All right, but before we get into today's episode, our quick question brought to you by a future unnamed sponsor of the show. Really? Uh, I well, I'm just praying it into existence. That'd at be this cool. Point. We um, need sponsors. <laughs> but uh, hashtag not a sponsor. Spotify uh, has yes. released. It is December. And every December, Spotify comes out with their Spotify wrapped statistics of 2021. And so, Derek, tell me, what embarrassing things did we learn about Derek's music listening habits? My top artist was Weird Al. Yeah, it was. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I was telling Kyle before the show, what, what's so bittersweet about my Spotify wrapped is um, a few things happen. Um, I have a Spotify account that um, my church also uses for their really anything. So our youth ministry uses it on Wednesdays, our Sunday morning uh, pre-service lobby stuff that gets used for Spotify. My son loves to listen to worship music as he goes to bed, which I love. What a father. I know. We're trying. We're trying. Uh, but like it. All that said, like it just completely throws off what I like actually listen to. Like I mean, because normally it's just Drake, Lil Wayne, and DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled. (laughs) People who are our students who are listening to this are like, "Who the heck are they?" (laughs) Oh no! Those were big names when you and I were in middle school and high school. So yeah, there's there's. There's okay. We can say like Doja Drake Cat. is still awesome. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Kanye is kind nah, of just listening to Kanye now. Yeah. Well, anyway, but so we didn't learn a ton because of that. Um, all top five of my artists are worship bands. My top genre is worship. But I did find out I have way more minutes listened than Kyle. And anytime I can beat Kyle on anything, it's a, it's a reason to celebrate. It's true because Derek's not competitive at all and neither am I <laughs> and so um and, now, and, and we never lie listen when Derek says that he listened to more minutes than I did I have not because I listened to 34,000 minutes on Spotify which is a pretty healthy amount I have not yeah. now I have not seen very many people that have been over that amount Derek almost quadrupled <laughs> that is that like a, what, 123,000? 123,050 minutes. So Which I'm, is on, my, on my way home today, I'll definitely get into the one, 123 and then I'll get into the 100. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. But uh, one, of the, one of the things that always makes me sad about you know, seeing the Spotify wrapped playlists of like everybody's posting them on Instagram or whatever. Yo, it always makes me sad to see the people who use Spotify for like white noise when they're falling asleep at night or yep. different things like that. Cause like, you know, their top five artists are all just like white noise albums. Yep. Uh, and that just makes me sad because they don't, they don't really get to fully appreciate their top five artists. Y- your top, top song songs. of 2021 was. <laughs> 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 
I don't understand why that's not something people would want to listen to on a regular basis. <laughs> uh, but I will say, uh, the good youth pastor, I, I actually, I'm almost frustrated with my, with my statistics here because I, I agree. I don't feel like it accurately represents, uh, who I am as a music listener and, uh, my account does get used for quite a bit of youth stuff. Yep. Uh, you know, our pre-service and post-service playlists and, and all of that stuff. Uh, my top five artists, you ready for this? This I'm is, ready. this Bring is the greatest youth pastor statistic, Christian statistic of all time. Number one, elevation worship. Yep. Number two, Jesus culture. Yep. Number three, Bethel music. Number four, Zoe music. And number five, Hillsong United. Oh. Like literally five. Young and free or just normal? Uh, I think it's just Hillsong United. Okay. Uh, we're throwing it back actually. I guess so. To, uh, to Hillsong I guess United. So. But it's, uh, yeah, it wasn't even, it wasn't even, Hillsong Rhythm, then Hillsong United, Young and Free. No, we went all the way back to <laughs> Can United. Can you imagine like your top five are just like Hillsong of different varieties? Like <laughs> Hillsong <number> Kids, <laughs> Hillsong United, Hillsong Young and Free, Hillsong Rhythm, Hillsong Kids, Drake, <laughs> Hillsong Premies. Uh, <laughs> I. It's like, I love all those bands, whatever. Like, I think I just, apparently I listen to too much worship music. Uh, oh, but it is my, my music listening habits have shifted over the years because I believe last year broke the trend four years in a row from 2016 to 2019. The same band was my number one listened to artist four years in a row, uh, which was Reliant K. Reliant K. No shame. Love them. Love their music. They're awesome. Have you ever seen them live? Uh, No, my sister did, but I never did. Uh, Tear, tear, cry, cry. Well, now I know which I'm getting you for Christmas. Yes. Awesome. I do that. I don't think they tour anymore. A Reliant K CD. (laughs) Gee, thanks. (laughs) In a world of Spotify, Derek's gifting me a CD for Christmas. You're welcome. You guys, this is true friendship right here. I tell you what. I tell you what. Kyle and I... Truly are. He's given me some gifts in the past that um, I really debated throwing in the trash, but I've kept them. And it wasn't even what the gift was. It was just because it came from me. Uh, no, it was pretty much the gift. <laughs> there, there, there was one gift in particular that um, I, I really regret accepting. And so Fair. payback will be coming at some Bring point. Bring it on. Listen, if there's anything anybody who knows me knows... Is that prank wars oh, with man. me don't end well for you. That's true. That's true. I don't know if I want to play with that fire, but my, th- A- ask, my th- ask our kids pastor how prank wars go with me after yeah, I this drywalled man from his yeah. office shut. You literally came in on your time off, put up sheetrock, mud and taped it over so he had no doorway. Went to Home Depot with a paint chip and matched the paint for the wall. <laughs> and then I went up into our storage and found an old roll of like the rubber. I don't even know what it's called. Like the, uh, rubber thing that's like three inches tall and it rolls across the bottom of the yep. wall to blend it into the carpet. 
my wife is killing me listening to this episode right now because she knows exactly what it's she's, called. She, she's been yelling the term out loud for like the last 20 seconds. Exactly. I have no idea what it's called, but whatever it is, I found an extra roll of it. So I even put that in front of his door, but he then got to fulfill a lifelong dream of his, which was kicking down a wall. Yeah. So it really was a win-win for both of us, but that was, oh, that was so fun. I you haven't that. been in ministry until you've kicked down a wall. Uh, that is true. Or kick down something, yeah. some sort of structure. Hopefully it's not a student. I, I said structure. Okay, good, not, good. Not just anything. Good, good, good stipulation. I di- honestly, Derek, we need just a separate podcast where it's just you and I talking about nonsense. Youth, youth pastors unplugged. <laughs> it's really what this needs to be. <laughs> oh no. But no, we have more than just uh, Spotify music to talk about today. Uh, we want to talk about our subject today, carrying the burden Excuse me, because one of the tougher parts of ministry is ministry. <laughs> yeah, it's the burden, <laughs> it right? Is. Yeah, like it's one thing. I mean, Kyle and I have touched on this before. We joke all the time that we don't do anything, but like in reality, I mean, I'm sitting here recording this podcast at two o'clock and I am trying to figure out how I can fit six hours of work I still need to do in about three hours time from the moment I'm recording this. And so like the workload is one thing, but uh, there's a common theme. I just got back from a a youth pastor retreat with all the other youth pastors in Minnesota. And not all of them, uh, not all of them because you weren't there. I I should have said all the cool youth pastors in Minnesota. Uh, Now that would have been better. I walked right into that. (laughs) (laughs) It's just nice every once in a while to get one up on you because it doesn't happen very often. I, I, I literally walked, I, I, Heat it right up. You for did. You. you did. And I happily just, just hit it out of the park. Oh, you're, you're welcome. I'm so disappointed in myself. Anyways, at this cool youth pastor retreat, um, there one common theme was just this idea of mental health, and not mental health from the standpoint of we're dealing with it in our churches, like the mental health of like I am burnt out. I am tired. I am worn down. I am discouraged. I am defeated, uh, and. I believe it's because of just the burdens that we bear. I mean, the 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 pastor who spoke at this retreat gave us an illustration that was like so good because he said, uh, you know, he has three daughters who are all like elementary, middle school age, and so he said every day, he, like he goes to pick up his girls from school, they say, "Daddy." and they yell and they and they like scream and run towards him and they smile and they say here dad take this and they give him his coats and their backpacks and their duffel bags and he's just sitting here holding all of this stuff and then they take off and run away and go and do their own thing and his whole point was like sometimes as pastors that's the expectation mm-hmm. people run to us because they're excited they want to see us and they just dump all their stuff which yeah. is good and they need to but then we as pastors are sitting there going like what do I do with this? And I mentioned this before, Kyle, but like I will never forget like my first week on the job, um, my first real time being a youth pastor. I'll never forget sitting down at my desk and just feeling the weight of like what's at stake here. This is not just a job where if you mess up a few numbers, you get yelled at by your boss. Like it's eternity and it's people and it's real things and real situations. And, um, it can just be a lot to carry sometimes. Yeah. It, it, there's so much, uh, on the mental health side of things, uh, as a youth pastor that, you know, if, if I'm just going to bottle it all up, 
yeah. and, and keep it all inside that there's so much danger to that. And there's, there's just this void of a lack of effectiveness waiting for me yeah. as a youth pastor. If my goal is to, to keep everything bottled up inside, I, I mentioned in our last episode that, you know, we recently took communion on a Wednesday night as a part of our youth service. And one of the things that I shared uh, before we went into that was the power of confession and the power of repentance. And, uh, you know, there's, there's no, you know, there's no requirement where I have to sit down in front of another Christian and list off every single sin right. mm-hmm. that I have ever done or I've done since the last time, you know, yep. like that's, that's what my relationship with God is for. But at the same time, you know, me having that conversation with another fellow Christ follower, that's super important. That there's so much power in that when they can be praying for a specific thing in my life, turning it around for a student to come to you as a youth pastor and say, Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. Uh, this is what I did. This is how I feel. You know, there's so much more power to be able to pray specifically into that, to be able to empower them with specific resources where they have, they've opened up and they've gotten specific with you. Now you can get specific with them coming out of that. Yep. But, you know, that's going to lead, like Derek said, that's another backpack. That's another, uh, you know, duffel bag. That's another book that you just got handed and having healthy ways to handle that is really important. And it's what we signed up for, right? So I know there are people, whether it's students or adults or friends of ours that listen to this podcast and going like, oh, I'm sorry for ever like, you know, asking this or like, you almost feel bad, but Mm -hmm. it's like, no, this is what we asked for. This is why we're here. The goal of this episode is not to get people to stop talking to you as a youth pastor. This, a lot of times we do these podcasts and it's like, wherever you are at, like this is something for you. And there is that, that would still remain true here. But I would say this podcast is more towards, youth pastors, youth leaders, people who are ministering to any capacity. As speaking as somebody who's not a parent, I would say there's a little bit of parent in this one. I that, Yeah, that's fair. That's 100% fair. Yeah. And so like, that's good. I was really worried. Cause yeah. <laughs> I, I really enjoy speaking out of turn on parenting issues. Uh, <laughs> I, I was I was just talking to another youth pastor uh, yesterday about or two days ago about parenting and and he is a parent and I am not and I asked him to come and speak at a parenting event that we're gonna do sure in in about a month and one of the things that he said we were just kind of laughing at you know as a youth pastor there's some things that you're like oh man I like I'd never want to be the parent that does this. Why would this parent make this decision? And then you become a parent and you, you do it more often than you they did. eat all of those words. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, <laughs> so it, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. It, it, it's going to be good. And, you know, so like the full disclaimer, this is not a youth pastors are so downtrodden and you shouldn't go to them. Like we encourage you to do that, if not more. Mm-hmm. This is more we as youth pastors tend to take on more than we're supposed to because there are these myths that we believe. Seven of them. Seven of them um, that we, whether it's a cultural thing, whether it's our own expectations of ourselves, whether it's a misinterpretation of scripture, I would say, we tend to put 
the like these these things that come to us, we don't always handle them properly. Like as pastors, we're encouraged to have people come to us and drop off their junk, but it's not our job to carry it around for them. It's our job to transfer that to the Lord and let him carry that. And so that's what we're going to unpack today. But like just as a, a, a word of challenge, to anybody who is feeling called to do anything, ministry or non-ministry, a lot of times in the church you hear this word called anointing. Mm-hmm. Um, like they have the anointing. they hit, We have anointing oil in it. It seems like this, almost this badge of honor, like this certification from Jesus saying like, I have chosen you for this. But when you look at like the root meaning of anointing, it actually goes back to like olive oil and that type of thing where like they are literally smashing and crushing olives. And so like anointing literally is, it means to be crushed. And so like as pastors, we're being charged with taking light into dark places. We're challenged with like going into the tough spots. You look at the disciples. I mean, it was not a, they were not being invited onto stages and they were not being warmly welcomed. They were going into places where they were hated and they continued to preach. Uh, like, and so over and over and over again, we see this is war. Like this is this is uh, this is not a war against flesh and blood. This is against the princes and the prince or the principalities and, and the forces of the heavenly realms. And so, we need to make sure that we see this for what it is. This is not us against our congregation, us against people. This is us against the enemy who's trying to discourage us. And so when we have these heavy burdens, these heavy things that we carry, we need to learn how to handle them. And that's where we start with myth number one, which is it's my burden to bear. Uh, I want to open up to a Bible verse because we are youth pastors in this room. So I think it's probably okay and acceptable. At least once every five or six episodes, we should quote scripture. Probably. Maybe less. Who knows? Yeah. Matthew 11, 28. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Uh, When you look at this idea of a yoke, it's not like eggs where you're just whisking yolks in a bowl. This is like... You have to think of a harvesting of, of two oxen walking. What are you laughing at, sir? Those are two different words. <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> Y-O-L-K and Y-O-K-E. But <laughs> we do. <laughs> this isn't. There's, listen, there's, they're, they're literally two completely different <laughs> words. Well, to, to be fair, we have people who are listening and maybe aren't as intellectual and don't understand that. So I decided to be. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, can you can you open up Matthew eleven twenty eight again? Again, because uh, I want to see. Now I'm curious. Uh, Oh my goodness. I cannot wait for my wife to Egg listen to yolks. This. Where did we come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my egg yolk upon you and learn from me. For my egg yolk is easy on those with weak hearts who need special breakfasts. What? That actually almost preached, first of all. Please, please, what the egg yolks? Yeah, like, like my my burden is easy for those who have <laughs> weak weak hearts. 
and need a special egg yolk specific breakfast. <laughs> Dude, that. Please tell me this is not still recording. Oh, it's 100%. We're leaving this in. That was hilarious. Well, in any case, holy <laughs> heavens. Well, so there was something about uh, burdens in that verse, Derek. As I was saying, Matthew chapter 11 with a actual yoke. Uh, <laughs> the, the imagery of this whole thing is happening because Jesus is speaking to a bunch of people who the Pharisees really just kind of reamed. Like, you're not holy enough. You're not good enough. If you want to be holy and you want to be approved by God, you need to follow these 629 rules. And Jesus is coming in to this group and saying like, look, like, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And like the yoke, as I was saying, is a device that kind of brings two oxen together where together they can accomplish a task of heavy lifting together. And so in this case, Jesus is saying like, let me take the brunt of the burden. Let me let me bear that burden. Mm-hmm. You walk next to me as I take care of that. And as youth pastors, that is something as pastors in general, we need to take that to heart because like it can be so disheartening and so tough when you see that student that you love and care about going down a path you know is going to be painful and is not the one God had for them. It is going to be a burden when you just feel the weight of the stuff people have to walk through and you feel like you're not that you're responsible for it, but like I need to kind of bear this heaviness with it. And this verse is saying, no, let me take that. And you just walk next to me and walk next to the family as I take on that burden. So, Yeah, Yeah, that's good. Just letting... God be God and and you be you. Yeah. I think is is a great way to put that. Uh myth number 2 that we want to talk about here is that that we have the ability to determine someone else's eternal destination. Uh that we can solely impact uh their salvation or lack of salvation. Yeah. And you know God uses the disciples to spread his message, right? Uh, Peter preaching uh, primarily to Jews, Paul preaching primarily to Gentiles. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, Bible figures that, that encounter God, share his message, and, and that person then commits their life to God. But the, the power is God's, yeah. I think, is something that we lose a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we pedestalize the people, and we forget that God sometimes is we for sometimes forget God's the one that has the power behind all of it. Um, you know, they were obedient. Yeah. And and right. as youth pastors, that's what we are called to be first and foremost is obedient. Yeah. Uh, if I don't want to be obedient, he's going to find somebody else Correct. to be obedient and to, and to fill the void that, that I just made by not being yeah. obedient. But, and so we, you know, I, as much, and this kind of plays off of that first one where, you know, I feel like it's my burden to make sure every single one of my students has yeah. a saving relationship with Christ. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I place that burden upon myself and then I place the power 
upon yeah. myself right. where, where I'm the one with the power to do all of this, yep. which just isn't true. No, and it, it can be deflating because the reality is at some point you're going to miss the mark. You're going to say the wrong thing. You're not going to do the right thing. And it can it can feel like now this person is doomed to hell and they can't find their way back to the Lord. When in reality, it's like, yeah. do we really think we have that much power to eat, ultimately determine whether they have a chance to receive from God or not? And I think that it's giving the enemy way too much credit yeah. to say... Uh, that student turned away from God and they're never coming back. Sure. It's good. Yeah, that there's, there's nothing in scripture that would say like, yep, that, ter- that student decided not to, you know, choose God when they were 16 and they're never coming back like that. It's your fault. Definitely not. Yeah. And it's your fault. That's not how that works at all. No, no. But it, if we're being honest, I think we've had the, at least temptation to feel that like this is on me and to take that yeah. upon ourselves and, it's just we don't need to. It's a myth. It's not biblical. It's not by design. Uh, along with myth number three, which is the current is the forever. Like the current situation is how it's inevitably going to be. And I think Satan loves to make us feel like where we are right now is where we're going to be indefinitely. Like no amount of effort, trial is going to change anything. And the, the, the tough students that are in our midst are always going to be tough and they're never going to find God and we're wasting our time or the opposition that we're feeling now is never going to end and we're forever going to feel deflated and discouraged and attacked that the seeds we've been planting are never going to sprout up. They're just going to get choked out by the world and by all this. And we get, get, we get so discouraged because we just, we look at our present reality, our present struggles, our present challenges really which is just that it's a challenge it's an opportunity to find growth and we see it as a death sentence we see it as a way of like man i failed and like that idea that we failed that the things that we're experiencing now are going to be like this forever is a straight out lie it's a straight out myth like if that were the case like we wouldn't be here right now because mm-hmm. the early church would have failed and uh, there would be no one to have come and built the church and let Kyle and I be a part of it and find love through Christ and all of it. And so when it comes to, if you're in that season where just things are not going right or you're dissatisfied with where you're at, like just learn to trust God's timing and power and not your own because inevitably that's where that power lies, like Kyle was saying. Yeah, absolutely. There's... So many things in current circumstances that seem bigger when your head is down and you're only looking at the current circumstances. Yeah. I, I've walked through seasons where the current sucks and the one of the one of the best ways to get through that is to keep your head up and have something in the future that you're able to focus on sure. and you're able to continue to push toward and work toward like, yes, I know that this right now sucks, but there's something in the future that I'm holding on to that, uh, that's going to be really sweet. Yeah. That's good. Uh, myth number four, what, right? One, two, three. I can't count. I know Uh, the financial episode is done and passed and (laughs) with it went all of our math skills and and, and you're studying. Your studying has expired. We're done. Uh, (laughs) myth number four, uh, is I am in control and boy, is this one (laughs) that we love to believe. Not just you Uh, pastors on this one. No, no, this is 
a universal myth that, uh, that we have a really hard time letting go of, ironically. Uh, I am in control, right? There is very little that we very little. actually can control. And in a lot of ways, working harder to control more is going to cause <laughs> less control. Yeah. You're going to go nuts. <laughs> You're it's it's the it's the hamster on the wheel. Yep. You know, trying to get further and further and all you're doing is you're continuing to move in the same spot. You're you're running full speed on a treadmill yep. and not actually making any progress. Yep. And you know, being able to take a step back and and just surrender to god i don't understand what's going on but i i need to surrender some of this control that i think i have and and let you be the one to make the business decisions yep yep <laughs> that's uh it's so but it's so difficult it's Derek, so difficult to, to let go of that control because it's unknown as soon as we let control let over control of it and that's where faith comes in right like at the end of the day you need to have faith that when you let go of control like it, it, it was funny i was listening to a song on the way here which was not inherently a christian song but it, there was some voiceover of probably some super famous person i don't know and the whole thing was like you know if you get pushed out of the nest. I use an analogy about birds, obviously, but if you get pushed out of the nest and we have this idea of what if I fall and the guy is saying like, what if you don't, what if you fly, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that type of mentality when it comes to control is what if I let go of this and stuff completely blows up, but what if it doesn't? And what if you finally have peace? Because really to me, that desire for control is the absence of peace. And if you are somebody listening to this where like you're frustrated right now because you don't have, you know, you don't feel like you have as much control as you want, continuing to seek control is probably something you've already done and not gotten anywhere. Yeah. So what do you have to lose by trying something different? Because clearly what you're doing is not Not working. working. Right. And, I will openly say this is like probably of all the myths that we have said, this is the hardest one for me. Like not just ministry, just yeah. life in general uh, because control does come with security and we feel like we can be secure if we have control. But, you know, there are very practical ways to let go of control, which is quite honestly just letting go. Like yep. just whatever that burden is that you're trying to control, just trust God to take care of it. Write it down, journal about it, pray about it, whatever you got to do. When you let go, you will find peace for sure. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't have that control. Sometimes you are that burdened. Uh, you have the propensity to isolate. And that's myth number five, which is isolation has its place. Uh, and there's th- a distinction here that we want to make. A very clear one. Solitude and isolation. Solitude would be what we call a spiritual discipline. The importance of getting alone with God, just you and him, no distractions, being quiet, praying, reading, studying, spending very intentional time alone with God. That's solitude. That's a spiritual discipline. Isolation would be an unhealthy withdrawing of yourself, whether physically or emotionally, from other people. And when we are discouraged, especially when we feel like a failure, when we feel like we've missed the mark, we have a tendency to isolate because we're embarrassed. We feel like nobody else fails and I don't want to show my face because I'm a failure. And 
it's good to get alone with God. It's good to have that solitude, but it's not good to do ministry alone. Yeah. Uh, we have Paul who wrote like two thirds of the New Testament. One of, I would say, the most effective evangelists, missionaries that we have to date. Uh, he was a fantastic man throughout the New Testament. And a lot of times you look at Paul and go, he's a super apostle. But I saw this about a month ago and it has changed my life because it was a very wise doctor of theology that said it, that I don't remember his name, so I'm apologizing for that. (laughs) But he always said Paul was not a super apostle. He was just really good at having people in his life to do ministry with. Yeah. And I was like, that is so good because Paul loved, he always had somebody with him. He always had somebody traveling with him. He always had people just to be there with him and do it. And when we're in ministry, leadership is lonely. Carrying these things alone is lonely. And so we need to have people in our corner, in our life to do ministry with. Um, Like don't struggle alone. Uh, There's, Kyle and I don't just do this podcast because we do it. Like this this idea we do it for the money we do it for the money 100% just like everything in our <laughs> lives youth pastoring why do i coach football for the money for the money high school football yeah of course we talked about lamborghinis in the financial yep. episode and that's how we get them is coaching high school sports and youth ministry yeah and talking about yokes and yeah well <laughs> clearly our podcast is in need of an upgrade or something. I, I, I guess know. so. We need, we need better hosts. but That's um, true. It would benefit from that for it, sure. It would. I mean, before we even hit record on this, Kyle and I are planning certain things, and there's, there's a strategy to that, but there's also just that emotional, uh, are we go on double dates with our wives. We mm-hmm. do life together. Yeah. That type of, I walk away from those conversations and I go, okay, I can do this. Okay, I'm in the season of this current sucks, but like there is optimism for the future. And I get that because... The Bible also says where two or more are gathered, there I am with you. And so there is power in community. And so if you're in that spot, don't struggle alone. Find your battle partner and do not isolate. Yeah, again, going back to that confession piece. Yeah. You know, it, it's so it's so much less burdensome to carry that alone. Right. And like we told our students the other a couple of weeks ago when we did this, if you think you're delusional to think that you're going to say, yeah, this is something that I struggle with. And somebody else in your group is not thinking the same thing. Like Correct. odds are more than one person in that group is walking through the same thing. Yep. And so that's, uh, that, that's something that, uh, just that, that community aspect yep. is, is super key. Uh, myth number six is that success is found in numbers. What? Uh, turns out that it's not. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different ways to measure growth in ministry. Some There are some ways to measure growth in ministry that involve numbers. Uh, I can say that, you know, on this Wednesday night, two years ago, we had 40, you know, we averaged 40 students on a yep. Wednesday night. And then two years later, we averaged 60 students. That is one measure Correct. of growth. But success is a culmination of multiple measures of growth. That's good. And that can't only be, uh, in ministry, that cannot only be quantified with just numbers. Uh, there's there's internal growth and testimony that goes along with that. And if you, you know, as a youth pastor, if I had five kids 
that if, if from point A to point B, we averaged five more students at our Wednesday nights, if you presented me with that option or option B was I had one more student from between point A to point B that was going to have a lifelong dedication to the word of God and pursuing what God has for their life. I would take the second option right. over the first option every yep. single time. And because that one person is going to have an impact on more than five people in their life. Right. And so that's, that's a great example. Like the numbers don't add up on that, right? The math doesn't add up. Like one is not greater than five, but that's where, you know, growth in ministry, it's not just about numbers. Like analytics and Derek, you wrote this and I love it. Analytics are a guide but they're not a gauge. Yeah. You know, they, they can help a little bit, but they can't be the be all end all of how you measure things yep. uh, within your ministry. It's unhealthy, right? I mean, I, 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 we, we were talking about this earlier. The American church is awesome in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways it's unhealthy. And mm-hmm. I think analytics is, is one way of here are 10 ways to grow your church and get more people in the seats. And like, that's good because seats are souls, right? However, like we need to understand it. I was thinking, I was thinking of this like as a cartoon. You always have the cartoons where they like, like, bl- like you know, hold their breath in. All of a sudden, they get these huge muscles and they're all puffed up. And yeah, they, and they walk, but then like they get deflated and they go back down to their normal. And you know, like I think that numbers is the same way in church. It's like on the outside that church is doing something. They have more people. They have their Instagram page. You can see the seats are full. They're awesome. That's a growing church, but they're not giving to missions and they're not going on mission teams and they're not investing into their community, but their Instagram page is really hot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that the idea of does numbers. That mean, does that mean that our youth ministry is doing really good things because our Instagram page is, is not, not hot? hot? <laughs> is there a correlation there? <laughs> I sure hope so. Cause that means our ministry is killing it. Woo. I've been waiting for uh, an answer from God and an affirmation and apparently a lack of a good Instagram page is it. But but like in all honesty, look, look at your youth ministry. You have graduated yeah. kids who are now loving and going to North Central and are, are getting ready to go into the world, whatever that looks like, to serve the Lord. You have taken 50, 60 some kids on a mission team last year alone. Like your your church is reproducing itself and those are numbers, but those numbers are not the end-all be-all for you. You're not sitting here going, yeah, it was a successful year because we took 60 on a mission team. It's going, we've seen this kid, Johnny, he was really mm-hmm. close in on himself, but now God's got a hold of his heart and he's getting up and he's leading his small group. Yeah. Sally over there was in a really abusive relationship and now she's been out of that and she is like, the peace in her is like palpable. Like mm-hmm. that is success and that's not a number. You can't yeah. quantify that. Yeah. But Johnny and Sally, good, good friends. Good friends of the show, of the show um, for sure. And I, I think that, you know, analytics and, and numbers, you know, within churches, like that can lead to, and this is going to get off on a tangent, but, that's what I, we're I about think here. it's I think it's really good. Uh, it, numbers can lead to churches, you know, almost looking at each other's numbers and like the church as a whole trying to find success with numbers. And one of the things that my wife and I have talked about, and and 
I very strongly believe, and this is something, again, we, you know, American Christianity, we'll do a episode on American Christianity in youth ministry, we'll apparently. A series, I guess. Uh, <laughs> that'll be our third podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our, you know, we have youth How Pastors not- Unplugged and then yep. the American Church, the manifesto, I think you the call it. The manifesto against the American Church, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, but so many, like there, there are churches who, you know, they are, like I would, I, I think you could describe them. It wouldn't be unfair to describe them as seeker friendly. Correct. And there are some awesome churches doing ministry really, really well and, you know, reaching people that otherwise would not set foot in a church. And they are coming to a saving relationship with Christ. And I love it. Yep. Yep. All right. However, if I am over here, right, in my youth ministry, and I see another youth ministry doing that. I see another youth ministry who they've got bigger numbers than I do. Yeah. And and they've got like that's awesome. I don't have to see that yeah. and say that is how I get to that point. Yep. Because or you know, I'm we, not good enough or like I'm not enough for not being that. Right. And what do we tell kids all the time? We tell kids that, you know, the body of Christ is like a human body. Yeah. You have some people that are hands and you have other people that are feet. I remember where I heard that before. I, it's definitely, we already quoted scripture once in this (laughs) podcast. We can't do it it again. It didn't go well. So it's (laughs) probably not, (laughs) it's probably not in scripture anywhere, but we, Tell kids all the time, right? You can't, not everybody's feet, not everybody's hands, not everybody's ears or eyes. Like everybody is a different part of the body. And yet we as churches all try to be the same part of the body. (laughs) And if we as a church are going to be as effective as we possibly can, that's going to involve some churches, not all, some churches putting an emphasis on reaching the lost and it's going to see other churches put more of an emphasis on, you know, we are going to be maybe that next step where where you go to, maybe there's that bigger church in your area that they they draw a lot of people in yep. and, and they see a lot of people get saved. But then like I've seen people leave those churches for a smaller church because, okay, now I'm ready for a deeper connection. I'm yep. ready for more community. Yep. I want to go deeper in my faith. Yeah. And and sometimes that can be done better in a smaller context than it can in a larger context. And that's where, you know, if you have multiple churches in an area that can work together on that, you're going to see so much more unison. Yep and growth toward the kingdom of God that is not quantifiable. And it might not, like, for that church, like, if that's our church, we won't have the same numbers as, you know, the mega church in our area. Right. But that doesn't mean that success isn't happening. Right, right. And I think it's it's so easy to think that. Because when you go to conferences and you go to retreats, the big churches get the microphone, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So you feel like they're doing it way better than I am. I'm not important. And yep. that's where I think that type of mantra feeds into this last myth, which is I'm not doing enough. Yeah. This idea, this 
thought, this belief is where burnout and quitting starts. Because here you are, a youth pastor, hopefully, and I am going to go out on a limb here. Not everybody does this, but the vast majority do. You are busting your butt. You're giving of yourself, Mm -hmm. of your time, of your resources, for the sake of trying to plant seeds and be faithful and obedient to what God's calling you to do. And you are busting tail to do it. Yep. Yet at the same time, you don't feel like you're doing enough. You don't feel like you are enough. And so here you are, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're discouraged maybe, and you still feel like it's not like you do all those things and then you get like the immediate reward of like, oh, I did something meaningful. Mm-hmm. You're feeling like you still are not doing enough. And so naturally you can't keep going on that way because you're already exhausted and you're tired. And so we need to get comfortable with the idea that God has called us to this spot. God has called us into this position And I wasn't even going to share this. It's not in our show notes, but I read this last night. I know we're going to go into studio. Off the cuff, man. I I seriously, you were trying, you were in that super serious moment not super long ago, and I could (laughs) not stop laughing when you you just said, like, we tried to do scripture before and it didn't go well. Um, That's what I'm here for. You know, you you are super good on that. Uh, But it's in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14. And it says, The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus on me. Paul or Paul is saying to Timothy, like God chose me, his grace poured out on me. And so like the same thing is said of us as youth pastors, we might not think we're doing enough. We might not think we are enough, but to think those things is to assume God chose the wrong person. Yeah. We're saying, you know what, God, you, I'm not good enough to do this. I'm not doing enough. You're not doing enough. Like, we don't think that, but when we when we assume that we're not doing enough, that's what we're, in essence, we are saying. Mm-hmm. And so you need to trust. It goes back to that whole trust thing. Trust that I am enough, I'm doing enough, and just because I'm not seeing the growth that I think I want to see, I need to know that I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so go home rest, take time for yourself. Don't burn yourself out to a spot where you can't do ministry anymore because you're trying to accomplish something that you never will. If you are going into ministry and you are ministering out of a desire to try and feel like you're doing enough, you're just, you're chasing the carrot in front of you. You go back to that treadmill illustration. You will run and run and run and run and run and never get any farther ahead because we're not supposed to. At the end of the day, we as pastors, leaders, followers of Christ we need to answer one question, which is, was I faithful and obedient to what God called me to do in my situation? Yeah. You know, that is really all it comes down to. And so, and like the truth be told, this podcast, these myths are not from a place of arrival for me. This is something that I'm continually battling every day. And so I'm just, I've gotten so much peace out of slowing down and just spending quality time with God. Like your time with God should not be preparation. It should be a personal investment, letting God speak to you because uh, a good friend of mine, you know, a good friend of the show, cause I don't think he knows our podcast exists. Well, we tried, but in any case, he, he, he encouraged me. He's been a youth pastor for far longer than I have. And he said, I challenge you to minister out of the overflow. Mm-hmm. 
like let your walk with God be so strong and vibrant that everything you do comes out of an overflow of that, which I thought was super good. So yeah. you're the expert, you know everything, Kyle. So Oh dear. That's not true. But it is I mean, I can't believe I'm gonna find another way to rope this into it, but if if you <laughs> if your Spotify wrapped playlist did not <laughs> look <What>? like ours. <laughs> no, but spend some time just worshiping by yourself. Yeah. You know, throw some worship music on and, uh, you know, spend some time with God just for you, I think is what you're saying. Like, yep. don't it add that one of the most difficult things in ministry is to constantly be spending time reading the Bible for the next message that you're preparing for and not just spending time in the Bible for me. Yeah. And something that as a youth pastor and being in ministry for five years, I haven't figured out yet. Yeah. Like it's still a work in progress. And, but, you know, there's there, that's where the overflow comes from is I'm filling me up and then I'm, I can pour out of that yeah. and God, like I'm so full, I'm just so passionate about what I'm doing and that's going to lessen the burden on me when I'm continuing to fill uh, my tank. Yeah. You will never, ever walk out of time with God and be less off than you were walking in. Mm-hmm. And so like it can be hard sometimes when you're in these, ba- when you're in these seasons where these myths seem very real to you spending time with God is the last thing we sometimes want to do, mm-hmm. which is exactly where Satan is like, yes, you know what I'm saying? Yep. But it's, it's the antidote to all of this. If you are battling with any of these myths, the antidote is to spend time with the Lord, find your identity, put it back on him. And that's where you're going to find the peace. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That And that's carrying the burden for you guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. A reminder, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I do want to give uh, a quick shout out to uh, listener Avery, good friend of the show, Avery. Good friend of the show, uh, Avery. But one of the features on Spotify's wrapped uh, playlist this year was uh, you know, notifying people of the podcast that they listened to the most in 2021. And uh, Avery sent a screenshot to me that we were the podcast. Let's go. We should give her a signed copy of... Of what? Um, an egg yolk shell. There you go. We could print off... Uh, our album art cover on just an eight and a half by 11 white sheet of paper and sign it it and send it to her. Uh, There you go. Merry Christmas, Avery. (laughs) So we appreciate uh, your loyal listening for honestly really what, because we, our first episode, I believe came out in August of 2021. That probably just means it's the only podcast she's listened to. Because four months. we yeah. had we we only had like four or five months to get on her statistics, and we still ended up number one. So I feel like we were more number one by default. Well, uh, yeah, I but mean, you know what? I'll take it. We'll take it. Any it, number one we can get is uh, is a win. But uh, that does it for today's episode. We appreciate you guys listening. I am going to go make an egg yolk sandwich. Goodbye. goodbye.